0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others, as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging, and life-giving. Be blessed. So this week we are starting a new series on the book of Galatians called Break Free. And uh, growing up... Uh, my family were what I would call uh, professional hippies. Now, that does not mean that they made money from being hippies. It means that uh, my parents were both professionals. My dad is a civil engineer. My mum is a psychologist. But we kind of lived a bit like hippies. So we lived in a shed for eight years and we lived in a mud brick house where we um, had you know, solar panels before it was cool and the in thing to do. We, uh, our water was heated uh, by the wood fire that we lit using uh, the trees that we'd planted on our own property and uh, so it goes on. There were lots of different things that we would do but <clears throat> there was sort of this idea that there was a lot of love in our house but there was also a lot of permission. I was never kind of really... Told No, that was not a philosophy that my parents had telling us no, that we were simply to stop and weigh up the consequences of our actions before we would move forward and uh, take the path that, that we felt uh, we wanted to take. And so as part of that, when I finished year 12, I had only just turned 17 uh, by the time I finished year 12, just a few days After my 17th birthday, I finished year 12 and uh, so it meant that then I had uh, several months off, three months off before I was uh, hopefully due to start uni and uh, so my mum actually came to me and my older brother who was already at university and said, here's my credit card, Uh, you've got three months, go and explore Australia just make sure that you're back in time for uni to start in, you know, three and a bit months' time. So off we went. And this was, of course, in the 90s, so it was in the days before uh, smartphones and Google Maps and all of that stuff. So we literally just headed off and uh, basically visited every beach that we could along the way. We started off going, you know, down south and the Great Ocean Road and... Uh, we had no idea where we were going or what we were doing. We were just following street signs and wherever uh, the journey uh, ahead of us uh, took us, that's where we went. And uh, again, being kind of brought up in that hippie kind of mindset, I think for the entire three months, I only wore shoes three times. The rest of the time, we were just on beaches doing different stuff. But one of those times when I did put my shoes on was climbing Mount Kosciuszko. So uh, we were driving along, we saw a sign, and so we decided, yep, let's pull in here and let's, let's see if we can climb Mount Kosciuszko. So when we got out of the car, uh, <coughs> it was sort of probably about November, and um, so it had been quite hot, it had been great on the beaches, but when we got out of the car, it was actually quite cool up in the mountains. So I thought, oh, better do the right thing, so I sort of put my shoes on, some pants and a long sleeve top and we went inside to this information centre where you were supposed to buy tickets to uh, to the chairlift that would take you part way up the mountain. And the guy kind of looked at us and said, uh, well, it's almost the end of the day, you, you've come at the wrong time. Uh, the, the chairlift is going to close, you're not going to be able to make it all the way up and all the way back before the chairlift closed, before it gets dark and uh, you're obviously not prepared, so basically you shouldn't go. So the answer is, is no. And I'm like, no. People don't tell me no, this is not, this is not how it works, this is, you know, I'm just, and unprepared, I'm wearing shoes, I am fully prepared to scale this mountain. Anyway, <coughs> off we trekked, uh, my brother and I, <coughs> and uh, we're there and we're walking along, we're just like, this is so easy, like there's, there was all these paths, you know, man-made paths, it was just like, you know, this guy didn't know what he was talking about. <coughs> and there was no one else obviously heading up, everyone was, was heading back, and as we're walking along there, <coughs> my brother starts to notice that every single person that's coming back is decked out in like the full ski pants and uh, the ski jacket with the goggles and they've got those uh, shoes, you know, with the spikes on the, on the bottom for like... And so he's just like, Josh, uh, there's obviously snow. It obviously gets pretty hairy when you get to the top. Like, I'm turning around and I'm going back. I'm not going any further. And I'm like, snow? I I would love to see snow. Like, let's go. So I just kept, he turned around, started to head back. I kept pressing on by myself. And eventually, as we got higher and higher, of course, we did start, well, I did start to see snow. And uh, But then, right as I was sort of approaching the summit, there was this part where this giant avalanche had sort of come across the track. And so, there was this wall of snow and ice going up and a wall of snow and ice going down and uh, it was totally covering the track and I couldn't see any way forward and I was so disappointed that I'd come so far to get so close to the top and yet now was I going to have to turn around and as I'm just standing there unable to see a way forward I start to see these last two hikers actually Uh, coming back. They've got the spikes on their shoes, they've got all their gear and they're sort of stepping in the snow on the side of this this mountain, on the side of this avalanche, on this wall of ice that's going up and down. There's actually, not that I could see it because everything was white, but someone, one person had gone through first and sort of carved little uh, footprints in that you could actually stand on and go around. So as they came back past me, then I decided I'm going to do this. So I headed on with my ordinary shoes and I just stepped. I couldn't see ahead of me where the path was going and there's a wall of snow and ice up here and there's (laughs) there's a cliff of snow and ice down there. But as long as I just keep, placing my foot in the footprint where someone went before me, I was fine and I managed to make my way all the way to the top and all the way back down without any incident. And I believe that this is a perfect analogy for what Paul is trying to be studying over the next four weeks. So this is a a short letter, just six chapters long if you want to read it through the week uh, this week. ...in preparation for next week. Um, But yeah, it's a very short uh, book of the Bible. So Paul, unlike me, gets straight to the point. So ordinarily, Paul does this thing where he does this praise sandwich. I don't know if any husbands in the room have learnt this strategy. But it's always good whenever you're communicating to do this kind of praise sandwich... ...where you say something good, then you bring correction... And then you say something good at the end and kind of Paul generally follows uh, this way of doing things like in in a lot of the other letters that he wrote. So even with uh, the church in Corinth, they had some pretty bad stuff going on. There was a a guy that was sleeping with his mother-in-law, which, you know, obviously wasn't great but this is still how he starts off with this praise sandwich he starts off with all this good stuff to say in chapter 1 of of 1st uh, Corinthians he says i give thanks to my god always for you because of the grace of god that was given you in christ jesus that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge even the testimony about christ was confirmed among you so that you were not lacking in any gift As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you until the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty beautiful stuff to say. I mean, guilt. There was a guy sleeping with his mother in law, and somehow he's still able to say, You're going to be guiltless. I mean, it says that they were lacking nothing. I mean,. I think maybe that guy that was doing that was lacking some self-control. I mean, how can he say that? Because he knows the difference that Christ can make. And so he does this praise sandwich. So if that's the way that he normally does things, if he can say something good, something great about this church where all this bad stuff is going on, what's he going to say about the church in Galatia? We're going to read from chapter 1 in Galatians. It says this, I am astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting from your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different, even contrary gospel. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we originally preached to you, let him... Be condemned to destruction. So, sleeping with your stepmom gets you called guiltless and not lacking in any gift. What must have been happening in the church in Galatia if Paul then is kind of saying they're going to be condemned to destruction and That they are extremely irritating. Well, according to Galatians 2, it says this, he says, some so-called Christians there who came to spy on us to see what freedom we enjoyed in Christ Jesus as to whether we obeyed the Jewish laws or not, they tried to get us all tied up in their rules, like slaves in chains. But we did not listen to them for a single moment, for we did not want to confuse you into thinking that salvation can be earned by being circumcised. So the big thing that Paul was worried about was barriers to freedom. Rules, laws, following different things in the name of God but that they're actually going to leave us bound. They're going to leave us enslaved. You see, rules and laws is often a thing that both ancient and modern churches are actually known for, isn't it? I mean, if you walked up to someone on the street and asked them, what's church all about, they would probably say, well, they give you rules and laws to follow. Yet Paul is saying, this is going to lead you to destruction. I mean, on the surface, what, what they're doing is kind of nice because this whole conversation, the reason that this is happening is because there were a whole bunch of non-Jewish people that actually wanted to join the church. And I mean, back then, it was very much like this thing would happen where, you know, this country was against this country and, um, you know, this country had this religion and this country had this religion and the two would fight and whoever could, uh, you know, inflict the most pain and the most damage upon the other, that was what, you know, used to happen. But here, we have these non-Jewish people that are saying... We actually want to join your religion. We want to join what you are doing. So, they're seeing the truth of, you know, what, what's going on. And they're wanting to change teams, for want of a better word. And the people of the, in the Galatian church are wanting to receive them. They're saying, y- yes, you can, you can come on society is about. Come across, that, that's fine. Just one little thing that you've got to do. Just be circumcised and uh, if it's off, you're in. And so, obviously the uh, the ladies in the group were just like, hey, well, there's nothing for us to do. Yeah, sure. No skin off our nose. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. We, we'll do that. But the the guys were probably like, doesn't it say in the in, the, you know, the eighth day? That's where, like, isn't there some kind of cut off date for this? And they're just like, yes, that's what we're trying to arrange a cut off date. And once you have your cut off date, then you're in. So why is that such a bad thing that they're willing to accept them in? So back to me on the side of the mountain with the wall of ice above me and the wall of ice below me. I had three options. I could give up and slide down the mountain. I could stick to that skinny little track, only as wide as a footprint. Or I could try to climb up the wall of mountain beside me. So we kind of know that the world likes to take the first option. The world kind of goes, I want to go fast. I want to go fast in life, I want to experience all that life has, I want to go fast, but I don't want to put any effort in. So the only way to go fast, without putting any effort in, is to go downhill. So, downhill we go, grab out your toboggans, it's going to be a great time, it's a race to the bottom, and it is literally a race to the bottom, isn't it? It's a race to the bottom to the bottom spiritually, it's a race to the bottom morally. They're in a race to the bottom as we slide down further and further into sin. The only problem is, is that the moment that you leave that narrow path and start to slide down, you start to gain momentum. You start to get faster and faster and faster and deeper and deeper in to sin, until we eventually get to this point where we feel as though we can't stop, and the only place that we can end up is in the pit. So we kind of go, okay, well, that's not what we want, that's not where we want to be, but once we're halfway down the slope, once we've left that secure footing, it feels as though It's too late. And this is one of the things that Paul addresses later on in this letter to the Galatians. The option of staying on the path seems very restrictive and very limiting. I mean, it's only the width of one foot and you can't see where you're going. Like, we're just supposed to trust that that the next step is going to be there because I can't see it until I put my weight upon it. That feels very restrictive. So we don't want to stay on that path. We want freedom. And we tried freedom going down. It felt free for a little while, but that didn't work. So maybe then in the church, what we often like to do is we like to try to climb. We leave the path to climb, to gain the moral high ground. We think, if I can just follow the Ten Commandments, if we just be good enough church attenders, if we tithe and read our Bibles, and if we pray, and according to the church in Galatia, if we just get circumcised, then we, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. We, we've got this, this sign or this symbol, there's something that's there that means that we're going to be able to make it if we climb. And even if we don't fully make it to the top, at least we're higher than everybody else, so we can yell down instructions to the other people and tell them to start climbing up, just like we did. I don't know if you've ever been rock climbing. I have been rock climbing several times and I every time I think I should be really good at this. I I can do this. Like I'm I'm pretty strong. Like I like outdoors, like you know, I I can abseil really well coming down. That's that's kind of easy. So I kind of always start and I Every time that I've sort of gone rock climbing, I sort of, it isn't until I leave the ground and I get partway up that I go, oh, yeah, I am strong, but I'm also kind of heavy. And I kind of got big feet that aren't good for getting into the small little cracks and and crevices, and I've got Schumann's disease in my back so I have no flexibility in my back so I kind of get to this place where I'm kind of halfway up the the cliff and I don't know if any of you have been there before because I just keep trying and trying and trying but if you've been climbing for a lot you kind of get to this point where your legs start to shake. Has anyone ever done that before? Maybe you've experienced that at the, at the gym on leg day if you've ever sort of done that. You get to this point where you're you, Even the weight of your own body, you can't stand it anymore and you start to shake and crumble under the weight. And this is exactly what happens under the law. When we try to follow the law, when we try to to climb the cliff of achievement, the weight is too much And we end up stuck on the side of the cliff. You see, for Galatians, what lured them off the path was this idea of circumcision and following the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. But for us, it might be finding the right job, buying the right house, sending your kids to the right school taking your kids to the right after-school activities, whatever gives you that moral higher ground, whatever you think is going to make you a better mum, a, a, a smarter employee, whatever you think is going to mean that you have the freedom to make your own choices that lures you off the path. But if it takes you off of the path that Jesus has for you, it's not going to end well. This is what the book of Galatians is about. So, what's your number one lure? As you're standing there, going, I either have to stay exactly here, or are you lured off by sin? By temptation, by the promise of freedom, or are you lured off upwards, trying to climb through self-effort? You see, because the thing is, is that you can climb, and you can climb, and even if you make a hundred right decisions. If you put your foot in exactly the right spot a hundred times, it only takes one wrong foot. It only takes one wrong step that once you're climbing and you're up suspended in the air with nothing underneath you, for all of that to come crashing down. And that is the fear that we have when we start to climb. We don't know if we've ever done enough, if we're ever good enough, how far is far enough, how many right decisions is this right, am am I right and if that is where we're placing all of our hope every step that we take we're going to live in that place of fear and we're going to feel the weight of the law and the weight of having to achieve upon us and this is how Galatians starts warning us against this Because the problem is we all want to go our own way. Because the path seems so restrictive. But the problem isn't actually the path. Rather than criticize the path or look for another path, we should be thankful that there is at least a way that someone has gone before us as tight and as restrictive as it might be, there is a way forward. So the problem isn't actually the path, the problem is the mountain. And I want to kind of show you what I mean. If we can have that first picture up. Thanks, Austin. So, many of us, try to climb the mountain of achievement and so there's many different ways to get to achievement maybe we want to take the work path maybe we want to take the family path maybe our our family's good at sport maybe they're good at school and they they study really well maybe they got a high IQ and so that's going to lead us up this mountain of achievement maybe we want to take the, the work side if we can just get more money and we do hard work or more responsibility, that that's going to be a path that's going to lead us up. This is actually a picture of Mount Kosciuszko. And so we're, we're looking for different ways and different paths that's going to lead us towards achievement because that's the pinnacle of where we want to be. And we've got a quote here from Tony Robbins. The path to success is to take massive, determined action. Sounds fantastic. All right, next one. Maybe we're looking for the, the happiness path. Maybe we think that happiness is the pinnacle, that if I can just be happy, so what's the pathway to get there? Maybe it's entertainment. Entertainment brings me happiness. Social, social media and watching YouTube and uh, lots of different things, like that entertains me, it makes me happy, I get to laugh, and so that gives me a path kind of up there. Maybe... Maybe peace is another path, like through relationships. Maybe sex is going gonna, is gonna to get me there. So that's, that's a path that's going to lead me to where I kind of want to go, where I need to go. Next one. Not that one. That one. Truth. Maybe truth is the path. That's going to lead us there. How do we get truth? Well, we could we could watch the the news. We could watch mainstream media, or we can go onto social media. Surely, social media is full of lots of truth, isn't it? It's going to give us lots of different truth that we can make our way up. That that's a path. That's a maybe education. If we're smart enough and we know enough, then that's going to lead us up the mountain. And so, you know, this was the mountain that I was trying to climb. When I was climbing Mount Kosciuszko, what I was really climbing was I was trying to climb towards this idea of truth. I was, I was going to to go into these natural sciences. That was my path to the truth. But the problem was is that I made it to the top of the mountain only to realize once I got there, once I was A published author in journal articles and different things like that, helping out lecturing, doing different things at the University, did I realize that they actually had no more grasp on the truth than anyone else, that being on that summit was not actually where I wanted to be. And here's the thing that we kind of need to understand. This is what Paul is warning against to the church in Galatia. And you've experienced this. Because I'm sure you've had conversations with with family, with with friends, with different people that kind of say, yeah, religion, all religion is just one way up the mountain. If that works for you, if that path is going to work for you, well and good. It's one way up the mountain, but it's not the mountain itself. Don't say that just because that works for you, that that's going to work for me. Because I'm going to take another path and we're going to get to the exact same place. And so we think if we can just push this boulder of religion up high enough. And so we kind of spend all of our lives trying to increase that importance of religion in our life, in the lives of other people. But they say, just don't make it the center. Just don't make that the pinnacle. But then we read in Acts 4.12 4:12 where it says there is salvation in no one else god has given no un, no name under heaven by which man can be saved there is no other path the problem is not necessarily the path the problem is the mountain We're always trying to climb the wrong mountain. If we can have that last one up, thanks. Intimacy with God. What Paul is trying to say to the church in Galatia is this is where you need to be. And it's not just a mountain that you have to climb up. So many people, so many Christians still try to think, okay, I need to get to intimacy with God. And they'd come out of that old covenant mindset where the only way to be intimate with God was to make sure that they followed all the rules, that they followed all the laws. that then on that day of atonement, one of the high priests could go in And so maybe for them, they get to stand on the mountaintop, they get to stand on the peak. And so maybe a way to do that is while we're kind of waiting, maybe we'll get circumcised, maybe we'll follow the law, we'll do everything that we can, because still where we want to be is intimacy with God. And so we kind of try to find a path up that mountain. But God is saying... This is not a mountain that you have to climb alone. I'm actually going to be with you from the very first step. It's interesting to me that for all the criticism that Paul has of this church in Galatia, he never actually said, you guys are so far off the truth. You guys are... You guys are so far from the achievement that you need. To, you guys are, you don't have happiness or joy. You don't have, you're not any Just pack up and go home. You're beyond it. You're past it. Isn't that what we often think of ourselves when we wander off the path? Isn't that what we think God is going to say to us? Just pack up and go home. You've fallen. But Paul doesn't say that. He says, no, I'm as, as far down as you've slid, as, as high up as you've tried to climb, as far as you've deviated from the path, as long as you are on that mountain, even if you fall, you're going to fall forward. You're going to fall in the right direction. If you fall on that mountain, if you're anywhere on that mountain, you're going to be okay. And he says to us, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your times when you slide. You're going to have your times when you climb and, and, and try to do it in your own strength. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there to help pick you up I'm going to be there to help bring down your pride and bring you back to this path because although those other paths promised you freedom sin promised this wonderful freedom that you're free to choose to do what you want to do but failed to deliver as we move down that side of the mountain and then being a self-made person and having the ability to, to make every choice the right choice and the freedom from the consequences of regret of going down the hill, we, kind of, we climbed up with that promise of freedom but the weight was there and it crushed us. But God actually says the only path that you neglected that narrow path that was actually the way to true freedom that feeling the weight and the stability under your feet even though you might not see the way forward even though you might not know the next step all you need to do for now is stay on that path and true freedom comes when we put all of our weight onto the rock that lies beneath our feet. In Galatians 4, 3-7 to it says this, and that is the way it was with us before Christ came. We were slaves to Jewish laws and rituals for we thought that they could save us. But when the right time came when the time came for us to place our foot down to just follow that path the time God decided on he sent his son born of a woman born as a Jew to buy freedom for us as his very own sons and because we are his sons God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts so now we can rightly speak of god as our dear father now we are no longer slaves but god's own sons and since we are his sons everything he has belongs to us for that is the way god planned Slaves down the hill, slaves up the hill, freedom on that path. The answer is to be adopted into God's family, to be able to step in the footsteps where He went. You see, 4,000 years ago, we talked before about the start of the church. What was the start of the church? But what was the start of the Christian nation, of the Jewish nation, way back, the people that follow after God. Well, 4,000 years ago, a guy called Abraham climbed up a mountain called Mount Moriah with his son. His plan was, when he got there, when he made it to the summit that he would sacrifice his son on the summit. But he had an earthly inheritance that he needed to pass on. It was this inheritance that he would be the father of many nations. So in hand, he was, he was ready. He was one step away from that summit, but just one step away from reaching that goal he's, God says no sacrifice this lamb instead Then 2,000 years ago a guy by the name of Jesus climbed up that exact same mountain the name had changed but the location was the same Mount Golgotha and he didn't have spikes on his shoes but he had spikes shoved into his forehead and he didn't stop one step from the end he didn't stay his hand God didn't stay his hand at that moment he said no Just as Abraham had an earthly inheritance that he needed to pass on to the generations to come, that that Jesus had an eternal inheritance that he needed to pass on to each and every one of us. And it was the freedom of not not having to slide down the hill into sin anymore. Not having to to climb that mountain of achievement anymore. That he went up that mountain for me and for you to make a way where there was no way because we are now his adopted sons and daughters with that eternal inheritance that Jesus walked up that mountain alone to secure for us so that we are now free to follow in his footsteps towards that path to eternal life would you stand and we're going to pray Father God I know that many of us in this room have been lured off the path down that slippery slope of sin We feel as though we can't stop. We're addicted. We, we feel as though we are just going way too fast. It promised freedom, but led us into bondage. Then there are others of us that have been climbing. We've been climbing with all of our might. We've been climbing so hard. We've been trying to do it. We're waiting to reach the top. We're trying to get higher and higher. We're trying to do everything right. But the weight the weight of expectation the weight of expectation that others have placed upon us that we've placed upon ourselves is just getting too much and we're just stuck on the side of that mountain shaking we went up there with the promise of freedom freedom from the guilt of the slide freedom from the guilt of wrong decisions and wrong consequences. But now that we're up that mountain, we see that that's not where we need to be either. So Father, although it's narrow, although we can't fully see the way forward, we choose this morning, each and every one of us, the path of freedom. the path that you took Father we thank you that you walked up that mountain alone and that you took the spikes in your forehead you took the whips upon your back you took the isolation as a heavenly father abandoned you for you to walk up that mountain alone whether you might make a way for us to be together father help us each and every one of us to live in this freedom today and every day thank you for joining us this week if you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info@life.house, or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Life House, God's house, our home.